Welcome to the Fox River Podcast. We are a church with a heart for people and the message of Jesus. It is our desire that you'll be drawn closer to God through today's teaching. To access notes from today's message, go to foxriverchristian.org slash message. Thanks for listening. Well, hey, everybody, we are really glad that you are um, here with us, joining us, and joining us online as well. Um, I want to talk about something that we all have in common, which is stress. Actually, I want to do more than talk about it. I hope that we can talk together. We actually want to be able to minister through this, because as I mentioned, um, we all face stress in our life. It's that universal um, peace that we have in common. And if misery loves company, then believe me, there's going to be plenty of company for this. A couple of things, though, I just want to know as far as us, that as, as we're talking, as we're meeting together about this, would be um, what is that stressor? What is it that, you know, can you point to that which is just stressing you right now. Now, I didn't say point at that which is stressing you in case they happen to be here in the room with you, but can you, you know, just like, oh yeah, I can, you know, let, let me tell you about that. I also want to ask this, again, just kind of get the pulse for us. I want you to join me online in the chat with this. How many would say that in the last 12 months your stress has either gone up or your stress has gone down. We'll just do a real quick poll with that. So, how many would say in the last 12 months that your stress has gone up? You have more stress in the last 12 months you've had before. Can I see your hands out there? Put that in the chat as well. How many say like, oh no, you know, things are just getting gooder and gooder. Like my stress can barely, can barely tell that it's there. Okay, um, that is the experience like that we're having right now. And in fact, to add to the normal pieces of stress, we've got things coming into our lives that we can't change. In fact, there's change that's being pushed at us or pushed upon us that we really don't like in our lives. And you can just kind of shake your heads if you're going like, yeah, and I could talk to you about that for a long time today. Some, some of it's COVID related. Some of it has the long haul COVID effect that's there. But some of it's just kind of like the times that we're in. The, you know, political divisiveness is like, that's just raising my stress level right now. Could be relational things that are going on. You know, deterioration relationship, maybe a breakup that you've gone through that way. Could be work related, could be school related right now. Sometimes it's financial stress that's getting to us. Sometimes we're not even sure what all is causing this stress that's in us, but there is no doubt to us and to those around us that we're going through it. I think we'd all agree, you know, it's easy to trust God when things are going good. You know, kind of like in the stress-free times of our lives but it's harder when things aren't going the way that I want them to, when stress is occurring. You may see uh, on occasion right now, stories coming across your news feed, social news feed or just regular news feeds, stories of um, deconversion. In other words, a person just declaring that I am, I am walking away from God or I'm no longer gonna be a believer in God anymore. And if you kind of go like, what's up with that? It's not that a person just woke up one morning and said, I've reasoned my way away from God. But in 99.9% of the time, when you listen to the story, even what they're sharing, what you discover is that there has been some pain. There has been some disappointment. There's been some suffering that has gotten into a person's life that has caused them to say, I just can't believer, I can't trust God anymore. 
all of us come to this fork in the road. And the fork is this, that I'm going to choose to trust God in a time that, you know, is really hard or difficult when my stress is just, you know, rising or not. In fact, if we identify it, we'll put on the right side over here. Let's put trust So this is a path of trust. And over here, rather than just going, not, nah, not gonna trust God, let's just put, meh. Because you'd think, if you're not trusting God, then I'm like, you know, God, I'm mad at you, I'm walking away. But more often, our, our emotions just kind of like, I'm, I don't know, I'm just like, I'm just gonna go, I, like, no, I can't do that, so I'm just gonna go with the flow. It's really, really important to understand not only these different paths, but the destinations that they lead to are going to be radically different in our lives. So in order to kind of set up these next couple weeks, and I hope that they're going to be like really, really, really helpful for us, today I just want to give us three very important things that I need to know, like knowing the process of like, you know, just keep, keep in my mind the things that I would want to share with somebody else or have somebody share with me if I'm at this kind of this juncture right in here, a little pain, a little disappointment, not sure whether I'm going to trust or not. And also, what do I do? What do I do when I hit this juncture in the road? Because we don't want to end with just knowing, right? I mean, it's like, yeah, I know some stuff, but, but how do I take action on this? So, Let's ask God together for help with this, shall we? God, I'm really grateful that you know the stress and the stress levels that we're at and what we're going through. And I pray that you'd help us. Help us to be able to deal with these things and give us the grace that we need. That stress, rather than ruining us and ruining our lives, God, with your grace, if there's some things that will happen that we're just gonna go, I never would have imagined that God could have brought good from that. That's what we're asking you. And so we prayed in your name, Jesus, and everybody in agreement said. So what are the three things that we really wanna know when we hit this juncture in the road right here? Well, the first one is this, that Jesus says, yes, you are going to have trouble. In fact, it's really interesting as he kind of ties up his whole um, earthly ministry together with his disciples, he makes this statement. He said, I told you all this, guys, and gals, so then in me you can have peace. Then he goes on and he says this, but in this world you're gonna have trouble. You're gonna already sense this tension that we're in. Why do we find ourselves in this tension? Jesus, I wanna give you peace. I want there to be, I want it to be well with your soul, and, but you're gonna have trouble. And the reason is because we're not in heaven yet. Now some of you are thinking like, oh, I, didn't even know go to sem- I didn't need to go to seminary to know that guy. I mean like I knew that we're not in heaven. But here's where we kind of blur the line a little bit. When we open our lives up to Jesus, when we have that saving grace, when we have Jesus' help in our life, we experience the peace that he gives to us at times that we've really needed it before. We get used to this grace. We get used to 
having Jesus make positive, transformational impact in our lives. How many could say, like, I know what you're talking about. I've, I've experienced some of that. You know, since I've received Jesus, I, there's been some good that's come into my life. Now, here's what we begin to do. Like I said, here's the line blurs a little bit. We begin thinking that little slice of heaven, this improvement that's there, that's what's always going to be, and it's going to keep us or protect us from the trouble that we have. And so when those two collide again, all of a sudden, we find ourselves asking this question. Really, this is kind of like, here is where, here's where things go. And I'm going to put in here the word, why? Why? Why, God? And when I'm asking why, trusting becomes so much more difficult, doesn't it? God, why are you letting this happen to me? What did I do, God, to deserve this? Where are you, God, when I need, like, right? So you're going like, eh, I know what it's like to be at that place right there. But Jesus said, we're all going to be here. Second thing I gotta remember, I need to know, but then I gotta remember, I can keep recalling in my mind, is this, that God says that not all things are good. Some people wanna just put a spin on everything and go like, oh, you know, it's really, let's look at the bright side of it. With some things, there is no bright side. There is no good to it whatsoever. Not all things are good, but God said, I can bring good from all things. There is a truth that he wants us to anchor ourselves to. It's found in Romans 8, 28. Would you say Romans 8, 28 with me? Romans 8, 28. Now, it'll help you more to look at it. So if you have a Bible, I'm gonna ask you to look at it with me. If you have a phone, don't have a Bible with you, but you got your phone, you got a Bible app, just pop that open right now and go to Romans 8, 28. It's a verse if you're not familiar with, I want you to get really familiar with. In fact, this is a verse that would be golden to memorize and learn. It says this, and we know that in all things, if you got a Bible, I'd say underline the word all things, everything. We know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him who've been called according to his purpose. Now, keep your Bible open. We're not done here. A lot of times we read that and we go like, hey, God works in all things. We're just assuming that those all things are good. But if you would look at the context here, all things, and go back like to verse 18 and keep reading up to 28, jump over to like verse 37 and read there, there's things that you never want to happen in your life. You never want them to happen in anybody's life that you love at all. It's like, those are not good things, but those are the all things. God said, even in these things, I can work and I can bring good from it. There's a book that was written that captured this phrase, why do bad things happen to good people? And everybody asks the question from time to time. And you've probably been asking, hey, why, do, why do bad things happen to good people? And there was a rabbi by the name of Rabbi Kushner who tried to reason this out. And he came to this conclusion. The conclusion is not what the Bible concludes, but it was his conclusion because he, he was trying to make sense of the pain, this why in his life. And he, here was his conclusion, that God is either good or God is either sovereign means in control. But he can't be both. That's, that was his conclusion. God can't be good and in control or sovereign because, he said, have you ever thought this? If he's good, then he can't be in control. 
Because if he's good, he wouldn't let this stuff happen to me. He wouldn't let this stuff happen in the world. He wouldn't let the evil take place that's going on in the world. And then he flipped it. Or if he's sovereign, if God's in control, then he says this, he is not good. Because one who's in control and lets that happen to you, to your kids, to your family, he's not a good God. And that's what you could conclude if you tried to reason it out and say, I've, I've got everything figured out like God does. But God, in essence, has said, you're not gonna have it all figured out. In fact, I'd be the first one to confess. There's times that things happen in my life that I see happen in the world. I'm like, God, I don't know why you would let that take place. But he said this, Deuteronomy 29, he said, he said the secret things belong to the Lord our God. In other words, there's some things that are gonna be secret. I'm not telling you. He said, but the things that are made known belong to us and to our children forever. In essence, God's saying this. When you're at a time of great perplexity, when you're just so confused, when you're here and you're asking why, he said, make sure that you filter what you don't know through what you do know. And if we'll filter what we don't know, I don't understand this, I don't understand this, but what I do know, and there's some things I do know, I do know that Jesus came. I do know that Jesus went to the cross. I know that he died for my sins. I do know that Jesus is risen. And I take the other things I do know about God, and then I try to filter what I don't know through him, because God said, not everything is good, for sure, but I can do good in all things. I am both good and I am sovereign. Which brings me to the third thing. And it's a little bit more of our why. Why, God? And that is that God wants you and I to become more like Jesus. Get this. Through the things that we are going through. Remember I said keep your Bible open? Verse 28 is a continued thought into 29. It said this for those God foreknew, he predestined to be, get this, he predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that is Jesus, that Jesus might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. Why does God let all things take place in our life, and what does he promise he's going to do in all things? One of the things he said this is that I will work in your life to help you to become more like Jesus. Why? Well, if I become more like Jesus, it's gonna be for my good, if I become more like Jesus, it's gonna be for God's glory. The more I am, the more you are like Jesus, and you can be. It's God's will for you. The more that you're gonna be connected to him. The more that you're gonna reflect him. And that's super important because our friends, our neighbors, our family, our coworkers, those that really, they don't know Jesus. They just don't know. How are they gonna know him? How are they gonna get that hope of the world in their life? God's plan is through us. As they see, get this, Jesus in us, which is why it's so important that we are becoming more like him. Now, when we talk about becoming like Jesus, it's one thing to know about Jesus, and it's another thing to be more like him. It's more like to know, like, I think this is what Jesus would do, and it's another thing to act like Jesus, right? So how do I get, how do I bridge that? Like, oh yeah, I know a lot about Jesus, but I really don't act that way in my life. God says, I let these all things come into it. What's Jesus like? 
He's loving, he's joyful, he's patient. Well, patience, let's take patience. Like, I'm not a very patient person. So you know what God does? God will do something like send me to the DMV to get my driver's license renewed. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I'm like, boy, am I really not like Jesus? And I think, I'm like, how would Jesus handle this situation? And all of a sudden, I start acting differently when I'm in there. You remember the story about bread, right? That's the time when God is needing our life, right? That's when stress is going, you know, like going on. You can just feel like I keep messing with stuff that I don't want to mess with. Or we're just sitting there like, could something happen? Could something change? Or it seems like what I've been going through, the heat is just turned up so high. Why? Because in all these things, God really cares and he wants me to become more like his son, for my good, for his glory. So he says, I want you to know these things. When you're facing the fork in the road, when you're asking God why, when, it, the, when it's like, it is so hard to trust God with this going on, we need to just pull ourselves back and reflect on these things, share them with others. But we also need to make sure that we're in the action mode. What do we do? What do we do when it comes time to trust God? I think these are things that all of us can do. We could. First, we want to make sure that we're investing time with God. We need to invest time alone with God. And I'm talking, you know, things like reading our Bible and praying. We're big proponents, big, big proponents of getting the verse of the day. And what I mean by that, if you're unfamiliar, um, if you haven't downloaded the Bible app yet, you can do it right now. You can use the QR code in front of you and just scan that and it'll be like, you know, Bible app. And then you could sign up for the verse of the day. Every day you get a verse that's sent to you. Today's verse was about hope. So if you're like, oh, I really could use hope. It's like, here's a word about hope that comes to us. We're big proponents also for getting a Bible and beginning to read the Bible for ourselves because it's something you can do. Now, the Bible app can help you with a plan. We can help you with a plan. We can also help you with a Bible. In fact, um, we got Bibles just like the one I'm using right now. If you do not own a Bible, I just want to say, stop by the welcome booth afterwards and let us give you a Bible. We want to give you your first Bible. No, no cost, nothing with that because it's something that you can do. It'll make a difference in your life. Now, if you've been a Christian for a while, and you hear me say this, it's kind of like, oh, yeah, 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 check. And if you're not a Christian yet, you're kind of going like, I really don't see, I don't get it. Like, I don't see how that's going to make this big a difference. And both of those are legit. And I don't want us to miss this, the confusion between elementary and fundamental. You see, elementary is like, yeah, you know, whatever. You learn it, you move, you move, you move beyond it. But fundamentals are what help us to build and grow. There are fundamentals in sports. There are fundamentals in music and in art. There's fundamentals in business. There's fundamentals in economics. There's fundamentals in relationships. And if you pay attention to the fundamentals, those things grow. You can excel. You need the fundamentals. If you ignore the fundamentals, you know what you get? You get the Packers-Saints game in your life. (laughs) Terrible. That's how important these are. And Bailey understood this, and I just want to let you hear from Bailey a little bit more about this in her life. So check it out. My name is Bailey, and I have been a nurse for just over four years now. COVID started, I guess, somewhere around May 2020. 
I felt like I needed to jump in in some way. It was actually the Holy Spirit that kind of led me into feeling like I needed to do something because I knew that I was single and I lived alone and there was so much unknown at that point. And we were just learning new things about the virus every single day. I got involved and was able to work on a COVID floor for about two months. I had about two days of training and then I was on my own and jumped right back from outpatient back into inpatient. And it was very stressful and rewarding and very, um, I learned a lot. So I'm thankful for that. Every night when I came home, it was just me because we didn't know at that point how easy it was, you know, to get it or to infect other people. So I was completely quarantined with just myself for two months. That's when the thoughts come in, um, the thoughts from the enemy that maybe people don't miss me or you're really alone, things like that, that uh, don't help to the, with the whole situation. When I was feeling really alone or isolated or stressed out, I would bring in just time with the Lord, daily communion through prayer, reading His Word, worship, just having one-on-one -on -one intimate time with God and listening to His Holy Spirit. I would bring in my friends to pray for me or with me over the phone, things like that. Community is really important for me, so my friends and my family lifted me up and gave me words of encouragement. I do have life verses that I go back to in challenging times in my life or stressful situations. And the first one that I really thought about in this situation was Micah 7, 7. As for me, I will look to the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. That one's really powerful. And then my other favorite one that I usually go back to during stressful situations is Luke 1.45. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. When you go back to God's word, there's something so powerful in that because it's God's truth. And he keeps his promises. And when you know that, and you know that God is our healer with a capital H, He's our helper with a capital H, He's our provider with a capital P, our redeemer with a capital R, and our savior with a capital S. And nothing can stop what He wants to do in our lives. So I just always go back to those, those pieces of scripture and they, they give me a lot of encouragement and they recenter my life around Jesus. I didn't know how things were going to end up. I still don't know how they're going to end up. But just knowing that you can seek rest in Jesus and He's going to take care of, of me and He's going to take care of you and it's all going to be okay. Hey, would you thank uh, Bailey with me just for taking a minute to kind of open her soul up a little bit to us and the stress is going through and she'd say like there's still stress and new stress situations coming up and at the same time but there is help and there's hope to be able to actually move the way that God wants me to in this now second thing kind of goes um, hand in glove with the first is this that I also need to invest in faith building relationships or faith building friendships in my life 
let me give you about 45 years worth of ministry insight in less than 30 seconds. Here it is. I've seen in the last 45 years in ministering with tens of thousands of people, when they get to this point right here, the same thing that causes some people to move on the lane of trust causes other people to move in the lane of meh or no. The same circumstances that builds one's faith causes another person to walk away from God. The exact same thing. It's not the circumstance, but here it's perspective. And if you are facing your why with God, what's going on, take it away, no God, please no God, alone, most of the time you're gonna end up just walking away that way. But if you have a friend who can come alongside of you and help you to see what you can't see by yourself, get perspective you can't get by yourself, it will be a radically different course and a radically different destination that you end up on. We need people in our lives. In fact, here's why God said so. We look at Hebrews um, chapter 10. He says this, we should not stop gathering together with other believers. We're talking about faith-building friendships. Friendships are good. I'm talking about faith-building friendships. Who are your faith-building friends? Instead, we gotta continue to encourage each other more and more. Why? Because things are getting harder. They're not getting easier for us in our lives. Now, we got something coming up in uh, just a couple of weeks that I really want to tell you about. Before we do that, though, I'm going to say this. If I were the enemy, if I were the devil, then there are two things that I would try to do. I would try to do in your life, I would try to keep you from spending any time alone with God. And I would try to keep you from connecting or getting any faith-building friends in your life. Because if I can do those two things, I'm going to win. I'll give up a lot of other things. You can go to church. You can do other things that way. But if I can do those two things, victory's going to be mine. But I'm not the devil. And that's why when we say these are things that can build our faith, we have such a deep conviction of it. Now, I mentioned two weeks from now, we are gonna start together a church, we're calling it, you know, it's a church spiritual initiative. We're gonna do a study together, it's called BLESS. How do you love, how, you know, how do you love your neighbor? Now, with BLESS, we're gonna also do a group. Now, you know, we're gonna have hundreds and hundreds of groups. And my ask is, would you join us for one of them? It's a really short commitment just a few, you know, five, six weeks that this commitment goes. You've never been in a group before, and you've said, I'm never gonna be in a group. Would you just suspend that for this one time? <laughs> and if you have been in a group before, would you just jump in one? If it's been a while since you've been in one, would you jump in again? Why? Because I know. I've done numbers of these already, so I'm kind of field testing it. I know what a big difference it's gonna make in your life, and I want for you to be at that place where you are growing in trust and you are experiencing God in your life in very real ways. Now you can start signing up today. Again, you can use the app. Just says, you know, join a group. There's a table, you know, that's available in the foyer online. We can get you more information that way as well. But would you make that commitment to join with us with this promise? I guarantee you 
that it is going to make a good difference in your life. Now, again, if I was the enemy, I would do everything I could to keep you out of a blessed group. But I hope you'll be a part of one. Now, wrap it up with this. So we said we want to invest time in God. We want to make sure that we have faith-building friendships active in our lives. And then here's what we need to do. We need to continue to keep learning to trust. There's a principle in Philippians 4 that Paul, Paul's kind of a spiritual guy, the Apostle Paul, he said this, and he's talking about contentment here. He said, I know what it is to be in need. He said, I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in every situation. Now, that had already caused us to lean in because we want to learn that secret too. But here's what Paul's saying. The, that phrase, I have learned, literally it's this. I have learned and am learning. When it comes to trust, I have learned and am learning. You may have in the past. Been, it's been like, I've trusted God and I know it's gotten me to the place that I want to be. You know, it's the place that Jesus wants me to be. But it doesn't mean that for what we're facing now, that this is gonna be an automatic. If I were to ask you, hey, do you guys think that for me, I mean, like, pastor guy, right? Like, me, it's always like, I'm always, I get here and I always go right. This is just like an easy thing for me. I mean, you think that? You can shake your head if you think that. And even though you think it, it's not true. When I'm here, this is a real challenge for me. And I have to learn and keep learning what it means to trust God, saying yes to him when I'm not seeing him do the things that I think he should be doing, when I'm not seeing things going on, when there's changes being imposed upon me and I don't want it in my life. And we need to do the same. What's your decision point today? What's causing you the greatest amount of stress? I'm gonna ask you, Will you say yes? Will you trust God? Will you do the things you know God wants you to do? What's the change that's being forced on you? What are the things that are going on in your life right now driving you crazy? You are spitting mad. Will you choose to trust God and honor God through this? If you could name it right now, my number one stress, my number one frustrator is, will you Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not into your understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and let him direct your paths. Will you learn and keep learning to trust? That's our action. Maybe you're here today. I hope you can see this. Your point right here, it's all about Jesus. all about the cross and you know that Jesus died on the cross but you really haven't trusted him yet you know that you need to turn to him in repentance but you're like I don't know it could mess with my life I don't know where this is going to lead me and it's going to lead you a very different place than this for sure this is a path of life here's a path of death maybe you've just been kind of meh when it's come to Jesus but today's different. And knowing that you are going to take one of these two paths, you are. If you're ready to do this one, I want to invite you to pray with me to open your life up, to come to Jesus and to accept him as your savior. When we've done praying, we'll pull it all together. Would you pray with me? 
God, thank you that you are at work in our lives right now in a very real way. For some that are here, and just this matter of trusting you, Jesus, as Savior, following you as the Lord of their life. Lord, it's terrifying and it's so inviting. And if you today are ready to say, Jesus, I need what you've done on the cross for me. I need your forgiveness. I believe that you've risen again. And I wanna ask you to be my savior. If that's you, can I ask you, would you just lift a hand going, guy, I am ready and desiring to trust Jesus today. Yeah, thanks. Others may need to wave at me for just a second to see that. If you're online, you can indicate that. Yeah, God bless you. That's... Jesus, thank you for saving grace. And thank you that it doesn't end here, but it continues on. And so I pray for everybody that's trusted you as Savior, that you would help us in the midst of growing frustration and difficulty in our lives and all around us to say yes to trusting you, to walking that path and receiving what it is that we can in our lives from your grace. Thank you, Jesus, for what you're gonna do. We pray this in your name and everybody in agreement said. We hope you were encouraged today. Subscribe to the Fox River Podcast to ensure you don't miss future messages. Stay connected through our social media channels on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And of course, make a difference in the lives of those you know by sharing with them. We are grateful for you and hope you join us again soon.